good to see everybody today. How many glad you're here today? Yeah, I'm glad you're here. I'm, I'm, um, I'm glad the holidays are over. How many glad they're over? I'm so glad they're over. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I mean, God bless you if you enjoy them. I do, too, you know, but I'm just glad they're over. So I'm glad to get back into our, our, our pace and um, all that we're doing together. I'm believing this is going to be a good year for you. How many have faith for your life this year? About three of you. Okay, let me get some love online. Come on, sing. as a matter of fact, put it in the chat. I double dog dare you if you're watching whatever platform. Put it in the chat that um, 23 is my year. 2023 is my year. How many can make that declaration today that 2023 is going to be better than 22, better than 21, and all that stuff that was in 21, 22, or 1982? How many know it's not going to follow you into this gen into this year? How many believe it's not going to follow you into this year? All right. Hey, um, as Willie said, I just want to make mention of something too before we we don't want to get too far into all this stuff. Um, you know, I, I want to highly encourage you to dive, take a little bit of a deeper dive into our prayer and fasting. I know we kind of just mentioned it, but what we want to do, this is what we want to do. Okay, here's the purpose of our prayer and fasting. We want you to start the new year outright. Okay, and what prayer and fasting does, it takes the focus off of you and puts it on God. Okay. It causes you, watch, that's what prayer does. Prayer, it really is you just making God bigger in your life and letting him know that I can't do this without you. Does that make sense to you? Amen. When a person prays, it's not just need-driven. It's like, God, I can't do life without you. Let me have complete dependence on you. And what fasting does, it denies you, right, so you can connect deeper with God's spirit in you. How many want more of him? And a lot less of us. And sometimes we get too much of us so we can't see all of him. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying the other guy down the street, right? Okay, right? All right. You ready for this? Okay. So lock into that with us. Now, now you don't have to, you know, you do what works for you. So your fasting could be, you know, it could be social media. How many know that will, that some of you might go into shock. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, and if you need us to resurrect you, let us know. But I'm just saying, we, you know, you might go into shock if you don't have to, you know, look at Facebook every 20 minutes, okay? It could be that. For some of you, it could be Ben and Jerry's, right? For some of you, it could be foods. For some of you, it could be that toxic relationship you're trying to get free from. It could be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let go of this part of my life so I can connect with a deeper purpose with God. And that's what we want to encourage you to do this year, is really connect deeper with God, because we believe this is going to be a great year for you. How many know that's okay? All right? You believe that? Come on, put your hands together. Let's give God a hand. Hey, check this out. This, um, Olivia Vigil's coming back to Reno. Olivia Vigil's coming back to Reno. We're excited about that. She'll be here with James and I'm not sure when, but at the end of this month, I believe, they'll be back here together. So we're excited to have them. How many just loved it when they were here? Yes. And I, you know, and um, so on the 29th, my whole family's going to be here. Both my girls are going to be here. Danny's going to be here. Jordan's going to be here. Olivia's going to be here. James is going to be here. My little grandson's going to be here. So we got, we got the whole family that's going to be here. So how many of that's it's good when you got your family with you? And I feel better about that. Yeah. So they're going to be all together. Hey. Good to see you. Yeah, thank you for your service. Yeah, I love you. Thank you for serving for us. Yeah, God bless you. Yeah, okay. You ready to learn today? Before we do that, I want to prepare your heart in giving. Okay, and I'm going to allude to this a little bit more. Um, you know, one of the things that we do, we want to do this year in, in, in our churches, we want you to know is that we want you to realize that 
that God is the giver of all things. He's the giver of all things. How many have a Bible app on your phone? Have a Bible app on your phone? Grab your Bible app real quick and go to the book of James. Go to the book of James, chapter 1. Go to the book of James, chapter 1. And I want to read something to you real quick here. James, chapter 1. I'm, you know, look, I'm a sports guy, okay? I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm a big-time sports guy. I love sports, okay? But I don't follow, you know, I don't follow NFL anymore, you know, uh, so much. I, I, I used to, you know, that's all I would do is follow NFL, NBA. I'm more of a college guy. I love college sports more, more than I do pro sports. But let me just say this to you. My favorite sport is the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Okay, I'm a diehard UFC fan, right? Okay, it's, it's like church is here, but UFC is like right there, okay? I'm, that's how much I love UFC, okay? I mean, it's never above God, but I'm just saying I love UFC, okay? Um, and I was listening to some things on the Hall of Fame this um, uh the, uh, the other day or today and or whatever and um, I was listening to one of the guys that got inducted into the Hall of Fame and this is what he said and I found it phenomenally important he said that so many people chase so many things when they are in their life he said people chase money they chase relationships they chase what we would call the dream he says but what I have found out and this is just this guy is a great fighter he says, but what I have found out is that if you chase God first, then everything around you seems to add up. He said the biggest mistake people make in their life, and this is a UFC fighter. He said the biggest mistake that people make in their life is that they always chase money, they always chase this, they always chase that, and they never attain it because it never satisfies. He said, but if you put God and you let God do this one thing in your life that you understand if you do get money if you do get uh whatever the natural things you desire you always understand one thing that everything you have in your life came from god i was like wow i was i was so moved by that because you know you always get the athlete that's going to go up there you know and they're like i just want to thank the lord jesus christ my savior you know and all that kind of stuff you don't know where they're at and i don't care you know one way or the other but I think this guy right here was really saying something, speaking from his heart for at least five minutes on how he knew that God was the one that brought him to where he was. And so it made me think a little bit of the scripture concerning our giving. And that's James 1.17. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Everything we have, everything we have, in our life comes from God. All the good, all the good comes from God. Your ability to have what you have comes from God. Your ability to be where you are comes from God. Now listen, when you stand in a position as a person and you choose to give, you are honoring God with that part of your life and you are saying, God, I understand and I recognize that I have what I have only because of one reason and that is because of you. And had it not been for you, I would not be here or have what I have. How many all of us in this building could look back over our life and say to ourselves, had it not been for God, you would even be standing in this building right here today. Is that not right? And may I just remind you that when we give, when we stand and we say, God, I want to give. I'm going to give. I'm giving because I, I understand. I recognize 
I recognize that you are the giver of good things in my life. You're the giver of good things in my life. And I thank you, God, because every good and perfect gift comes down from you. Wow. How many know all the good comes from God and all the bad comes from Are you with me? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? All right. So it's important that you don't get the two mixed because some people think that God brings bad to you. All right? No, 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 no. That's, 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 that's wrong theology. Okay, that's wrong theology. Okay? So I want to thank you for giving. Now, let me just say this to you because I'm going to allude to this a little bit more. Um, that one of the things that we want to do is we want to be a blessing to all the, all the people that we, in the community that we live in, the people that we can be a blessing to. So I want to thank you for giving all through the year of 2022. I want to thank you for your generosity in 2022. Really, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for being so generous to our church. But this is a new year, and I want us to continue in our generosity this year because that's who we are. And we thank God for that. Isn't that right? Come on, let's give God a great hand clap. It's awesome. Isn't he good to you? Come on, isn't God good? Come on, online. He's good to you. Everybody that's online. Give me some fire in the chat right there because you know God's good to all of us. You ready for this? Here's how you can give today. You can give by texting give, by texting your giving, 45888, right there. It's right there on the screen by texting 45888, and you can text VCC in the text line right there, okay? You can text VCC into the text line. I did that this morning before I walked in this building, okay? I do it every single week, all right? I'm Sunday morning. First thing I do is I give. You can give at www church.com at any time you like for all of our online participants our online campus you can do that as well today and you can also give there's an envelope and you choose to give in person today there's an envelope in front of you and you can give by check cash or credit card it's right there located right in front of you and if you have chosen this morning take your time to give by credit card or check cash or whatever the case may be you have your envelope ready or you're getting it ready just lift your hand in the air and the ushers will come by and they will grab it for you just keep it up until they come we got a couple of guys that are moving really quickly here. Very good. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. We got one over here. Very good. Okay. You ready to go? Okay. We got some over here as well on the my far right. Awesome. Thank you for your generosity. We got one over here. Very good. Okay. You ready to learn today? Yes. Ready to learn? We're going to be talking. I don't know how far we're going to get, okay? We're going to be talking about vision because next week we're starting a brand new series, Okay. We're starting a brand new series, okay? And and we want you to be here for that series. It's talking about eternity, all right? It's, watch, it's talking about eternity. How many know we all want to know about that, okay? We all want to know about that. And how does that impact our life here, here upon earth, okay? So that starts next Sunday morning, all right? But today we're going to talk a little bit about us, about our purpose together collectively. Can we spend one Sunday we talk about that? See, this is what I know. This is what I know about you, okay? And you may not know about yourself. Is that I want you to realize that the most precious commodity outside of the life that God has given to you in Christ, the most precious precious commodity you have in your life is your time. Is your time. Because time, watch, time has a way of paying you back. But it only pays you what you invested your time in. You hear what I'm saying to you? If you invest your time in things that don't count, then your life is not as fruitful as it could be. And last week we talked about thriving, okay? We talked about thriving in life. But if you spend your time on the things that are purposeful in your life and in your heart, then it, re, then it brings purpose back to your life. 
And I don't know about you, and I don't know about you, but I feel like time is not slowing down. I feel like time is speeding up. I feel like it's speeding up. I feel like, like you know, since we, since we came out of COVID, it's like things have just been moving quicker and quicker and quicker, even before COVID. I don't know about you, but I can't believe that it's already 2023, and we're in our second week of January already, okay? It is, it, it is not slowing down. It is getting quicker. And I want you to know today that a lot of us in our life can spend our time, and we're not sure exactly where it goes. We're not exactly sure where it goes. And it's not, that, it's not that you can be doing anything you can with your time. It's not that you can be doing whatever you want with your time. The question is, the question for you this year is what am I going to give my time, my energy, and my life to? What am I going to give it to? What is going to be the thing that takes up the bulk or the lion's share of my energy, my focus, and my time? What's going to be the thing that I give my time to? Because the reason I'm saying that to you is because when you begin to understand that you were put on this earth for a purpose, you, it begins to change the way, not only the way you look at your life, but how you use your time. You see, this, this coming month, this month right here, is my birthday, right? At the end of this month. It's Pastor Jasmine's birthday, too. She's going to be, I'm going to be 33, and she's going to be 59. See, thank you. Look at everybody saying she looked good for fifty nine. Thank, well, thank you very much. Not bad for thirty three. I'm holding up. All right. And so, one of the things I cannot believe that it's actually going to be. Look, I was talking to Pastor Didi. I don't feel like. How many know when you had your uncle come over? Remember when you were kids, like this tall? You had your over, uncle come over, and he was like, like forty five, and you're like, man, that's old. Remember, remember that? You were like, that 45 is old, right? Remember when you were a kid you used to think that? Then when you got 45, you're like, that's not so old anymore, right? Okay, so I'm like on the backside of my 50s, and I'm like, but I don't feel like I'm 50, and I know I don't act like I'm 50, and I'm just wondering what part of me, right? But I can't believe that it's moved that quick. How about you? How about you? Can, can you remember how, can, do you know how quick time is, is slipping and moving through your hands? And that's you know, you can have one week, and it goes quick then pretty soon the, the wheel of life is pushing you and you're trying to grapple with how am I going to you know, do all I have to do because a lot of us are very busy people in our culture. We're very busy people. That's why this year for eight weeks we're teaching you on the, the ruthless, we got a series coming out in February called the ruthless elimination of hurry. I said the ruthless elimination of living a hurried life. And so what we want to do is we want you to understand that your time on this earth and what you do with your time is so critical for you. And this is what he, the book of Hebrews says. The book of Hebrews gives us this idea. And if you could put that up for me, that'd be great. It says, now may the God of peace who brought you up our Lord Jesus, out of, um, who brought you up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of everlasting covenant. Let's look at this next part. He says, make you complete in every good work to do what? To do what? His will. His will. Working in you. Watch. Everybody look at me. Everybody look. Come on online. Watch. You ready for this? When you pay attention to your purpose, when you pay attention to what you're here on earth to do, you know what it does? It works God's will in your heart. 
You become aware of it. It feeds your life. It gives you purpose. It works things inside of you. He says, make you complete in every good work to do as will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, whom being glory forever and ever. Amen. How many of you know, how many of you know that when you connect your life to God's will for your life, guess what happens? You don't have to worry about pleasing God. You already are pleasing to God because you know you're doing what he's asking you to do in your life. Yes, yes. How many know that's powerful? Amen. Now, that's important for you to understand that. It's critical for us to understand that because I want you to know that there's a purpose for you and I and not only you and I, but for us being in this church together right here. That when we gather together, it's not just because we need to meet on another Sunday morning and we need more time. We're gathering together because there's purpose and value with us being in this building today. My prayer is that when you're in this building, that you would not leave the same way you came. That you would not just have transfer, that you would just not have information that you write on your tablet. You're not, hey, that's a really good motivational thought. That's a good little poem that you told. My prayer is that the word would come inside your heart, would change your life and ignite a fire inside of you to make this year and to make your purpose connect with God and to make this year one of the best years you've ever had in your entire life. That's what we're after here. And if it's July, then we want you to be in a place of breakthrough. And if it's August, we want you to be in a place of growth. And, it's, and if it's uh, September, we want you to be in a place of momentum. And if it's October, we want you to be in a place of looking forward. And if it's, if it's December, we want you to be in a place of anticipation. In other words, we're always growing. And it doesn't matter what the things that may come against your life. We want you to know that we want you to press in this year and make this a great year. Why? Are you here? Why are you here? It's a great question. You see, I, I, would, I would say to you this morning, come on online, I would say to you, that when you were in this earth, that when Jesus came to your life and came knocking on the door of your heart, you opened your heart, I would say to you that you got more than just salvation. I think that is the greatest travesty in Christianity in our faith. That when a person becomes a Christian or born again, that they relegate their salvation to receiving Jesus as their Savior only. I believe that is the greatest miracle ever given to mankind. The greatest miracle ever in a person's life is when they receive Jesus in their hearts. The greatest miracle in the entire world is when they receive Jesus in their heart. But can I say this to you? That's not the finish line. And we treat it as if that's the finish line. That is the starting line. That's the starting line of your faith. Please listen to your pastor. I don't care if you've been in this for years. That is the starting line of your faith right there and then. Because you, I want you to know that you are on this earth and you are, when you got Jesus in your heart and you came into his life and his life came into you, you became a blessed person. You became a blessed person. You carry the blessing of God inside of your heart. You carry the blessing inside of your life. As a matter of fact, I know some of you might be sitting here today. You may be online and you may not feel like you're blessed, but just because you don't feel like you're blessed doesn't mean you're not blessed. You might be in a place where you don't see the blessing, but it doesn't mean that it's not real in your life. As a matter of fact, I, I want you to just to say out of your mouth, say, I am blessed. Yes, come on, say, I am blessed. 
As a matter of fact, let's look at the blessing of God, which is found in Genesis chapter 12. Okay, Genesis chapter 12. If you have a Bible, I want you to get your Bible app out because I'm going to read you something from the Bible in just a moment. As a matter of fact, I want you to look real quick to Galatians, the third chapter. I'm going to read this, but I want you to look at Galatians chapter 3. You ready? Just look at Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to read this to you. Now watch. Here's the blessing of God. Now the Lord has said to Abram, the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country. Everybody stop right there. Get out of your country. Let's just stop and look at that. God is calling this man Abram, who, is, who, is, who has been titled as the father of our faith. And he's taking him on a journey where he has never been before. He's asking him to step into something brand new. He's asking him to step outside of himself. He's asking him to go to a place he's been before. And the first thing God says to Abram is, I want you to get out of your country. In other words, what he's saying to this man of faith, he's saying, I want you to leave whatever's familiar to your life. Leave what's been predictable. Leave what's just been the norm and step into something brand new this year. Can I say this to you? Your predictability is the enemy of your breakthrough. The reality of it is this, that whatever we do that limits us on a day-to-day basis is the enemy of us moving forward. There's sometimes where we have to leave the places in our heart and in our life that have been so comfortable and so familiar to us that we have to step beyond ourselves. And in that moment, you will find something brand new that God wants to bring to your life. That's a moment that God does something brand new. When you leave to what is familiar to you, get out of your country. He says, and from your family, let me just stop right there. How many believe God's, got a, God's uh, put you into the family that you were born into, good or bad? How many know there's some good things that were born in your family, and there's also some crazy stuff that goes on in your family? Let me try this side over here. How many of you got some good in your family, and then you always have that other side of the family that's like, ooh, that's a tough side of the family. All right, I'm just going to stop right there. In other words, what he's saying is, I want you to grow out of the estimation of your family. Grow out of the estimation. Because some of you are still little Johnny to your mom. And I thank God for that, because you'll always be that way. And you'll always be that nice little boy. But how many know sometimes you got to grow out of the estimation of what people say that you are? I'm the youngest of my family, and I'm the baby boy, and I'm not mad about it. I got some old siblings, right? Because if I'm the youngest, how many know if I'm the youngest, my siblings are older than me, right? I'm going to be 59, and I got some, my sister's right here. She's the beginning, and I'm the end right here, right? And we, don't we spend a whole generation. She's the beginning of the baby boom. I'm the end of the boom, right? But how many know it gets a little bit older down the line, Right? And I'm being the baby boy. I had to grow out of the estimation of being the baby of the family. And sometimes we got to grow out of the estimation of what others say about us. And what he's saying to us, I want you to get out of what's familiar, grow out of the estimation of what people have said about you, and I'm going to take you to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. And look what he says. He says, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, listen, and in you, and in you, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Everybody look at your pastor. In you. Where's the blessing? It is in you. Where's the blessing? It is in you. And guess what? You are not blessed so you can just have what you need and what you want. You are blessed so you can be a blessing. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You have what you have so you can be a blessing. I'm not talking about just the monetary stuff. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about kindness. I'm talking about grace. I'm talking about the ability to help people. You are blessed. Come on, everybody in this building online, say, I am blessed. Come on, type it in the chat that I am blessed. Come on, say it like you are. Say, I am blessed. You are blessed so you can be a blessing. You're blessed. Now, Galatians, are you in Galatians? Now, this is Old Testament. Let's look at Galatians. Okay, Galatians. Okay, chapter 3. We're going old school today. Galatians chapter 3. Watch this. Did I say verse 17? We're going verse 13. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Watch this. Watch. Christ has redeemed us. Watch. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. Now watch. Let me explain this to you. In other words, what the author is saying here is that Jesus became sin so we could become righteous. That's what he is saying. Jesus became broken so you could be healed. Jesus became sin so you could be set free from sin. That's what he's saying right here. But look at verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham. What? The blessing we just wrote about, read about in Genesis 12, verse 1. He said that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. The Gentiles are you and I. So what's he saying? He's saying that Jesus came not only to reconcile us back to God, but also so, so that the blessing that was in Abraham could also be the blessing that is on you and the blessing that is on me. We have the same blessing Abraham had, and you have the same power that Abraham had. In other words, watch, watch. You were blessed so you could be a blessing. Are you with me? So what does that all mean, Pastor? What does that all mean? The blessing of Abraham, now just stay with me, I'm going somewhere today. The blessing of Abraham carries three things with it. If you're a note taker, write this down. The blessing of Abraham carries with it the blessing of elevation. The blessing of elevation, meaning when you got God in your life and he blessed you and you got Jesus in your heart, guess what he did? He put you over what you used to be under. Listen to me. He put you over. Oh, Lord. Please listen, listen, listen. He put you over. How many know before you had God, you were under all of that? Under all blank, fill in the word, depression, fear, anxiety, addiction, jealousy. There you go, anger, addiction, whatever whatever all that vibe was. And when you got him, he put you over. So when you got God and you got the blessing of Abraham, you got the blessing of elevation. You don't have to be under stuff because God blessed you and put you over what you used to be under. And some of you might be sitting here, it might be online this morning, and you may not feel like you're over it, but just because you don't feel like you're over it doesn't mean you're not over it. You just have to activate what's already inside of you and say, I am not going to succumb to what's pushing me down because I am over what I used to be under. Come on, how many believe that is true today? Come on. Some of you need to be break dancing in the aisle or do a praise break. My God. Come on. We are over what we used to be under. Over. What we, and then we get the blessing of possession. Let me tell you what the blessing of possession is. The blessing of possession is not what you own. It's not what you own. It's not your house. It's not your car. 
It's not your, your bank account. It's not your treadmill. It's not the things you own physically. The blessing of possession is not what you have. The blessing of possession is who you have. It is who you have. It's not what you have. It's who you have and who has you. It's when, it's when Abraham said, it's when God said to Abraham, Abraham, I can't give you anything better than myself. Because how many know if you have him in your heart, it doesn't matter where you live and where you are and what you feel, you know you can still overcome and change your situation because who you have and who has you makes you above everything that is around your life. My God, are you with me? You might be held. I remember, I believe, listen, I remember when I first started pastoring that I had nothing. Pastor Dede and I, we, I left my corporate job. We had a broke down Ford Escort that somebody gave me and it smelled like French fries. And it was two-toned and the paint was peeling off of it. And, 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 and I'm preaching about being blessed. And I'm, my, I, I mean, my seat was sideways. You, you know, I'd be like this. I invented the lean before the lean was the lean. <sighs> and it wasn't by design. It was because my seat was broken and I couldn't get my body up the other way. And I had like, it was a, it was a four, you know, like a, you know, like it was a, still a stick shift. You know, remember we used to have to do the clutch? If this generation had to use a clutch, we'd shut down the whole generation. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, and we, we had to use a clutch back in the day. You know, when you had to like, you know, grind the gears to put it in reverse. And I, you know, and it was, it, it, and I'm preaching that I'm blessed. And I used to call it, not the Ford, I used to call it the Ferrari. Because I believed in my heart that it really was, but it really wasn't. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You might be sitting here today not having what you need or what you want for your life all the time, but it doesn't change the fact that God still is blessing your life. The fact you are not under and you're still here today is an indication of God's faithfulness in your life. So it's not what I have, it's who I have. It's not what I have, it's who I have. And it's a blessing of dominion. It is a blessing of dominion. It is the fact that I have the ability. You can just leave that up there for me. That'd be great. It is the fact that I have dominion over, over the things in my life. I like what Genesis 1.29 says. It says that we have been given the ability to rise above. We've been given the ability to rule. To rule. I like that. Don't you like that? You know what's crazy about this? What I love about this? Is that we're living for something bigger than ourselves. And part of that blessing, blessed to be a blessing is an indication that we're living for something that is way bigger than ourselves. That's way bigger than ourselves. The question I have for you in your life, in your faith, in your Christianity this year coming into 23, what is big in your heart this year? What is the cause that you're living for today? I remember when Jesus was standing before Pontius Pilate and he's asking him all these questions before he's going to be crucified. He says, are you the king? He says, if you say I'm the king, then I am the king. He says, well, I'm asking you, are, the, are you the king of the Jews? He says, my kingdom, this is what Jesus said, my kingdom is not from this world. My kingdom is not from this world. If I wanted to, I could call angels and I could be delivered from your presence immediately. And then he makes a statement that, is sh that, has, that, has, that has me all shook. Has me all shook. He said, this is what he said, for this cause I have come. And for this cause, I was born. Listen, 
He says to this man, for this cause I have come. And for this cause I was born. In other words, I was born for a cause. And I live for a cause. And his cause was God and Christ in his kingdom. That's why he came. What is the cause that you are living for this year, this very moment of your life? I pray today, this year, that you would live for the cause of Jesus Christ no matter what is around you, but that would surface in your heart and you would say that I'm made for something bigger than just paying my bills and working for the man every night and day. Are you with me? I have to move very quickly. I got to be done. I'm not. I don't know. I'm never going to finish it. It's so it's too much. Watch. It's too much. The blessing. The watch. The mission. The mission. The mission of Jesus has three elements to it. The mission of Jesus has three elements to it. When Jesus came into the world, he gave us the blessing. The blessing, which gave us the capacity. The blessing gave us the capacity to have dominion, to have the things we talked about, to empower us to understand, watch, the mission of Jesus. The mission of Jesus is really found in this story in John, the fourth chapter. If you want to read it in your own private time, read it. John, chapter four, reading verse one, following all the way down to about verse 25. It's a story of Jesus the story of Jesus when he is walking, right, through to a city, and it's called Samaria. Think about this. Samaritans in Jesus' day were not accepted by the Jewish culture. Samaritans were, were what we would call in our culture not wanted. They were half-breeds. That's what they were, that's kind of the term that they would say back then. They're a mixed race. Okay, they're this and that. Okay, and watch. I want you to think about this. And this is just, and I, this may not be relevant to everybody that's online, but I want to be relevant to everybody that's in this room. And I hope you'll get the picture online. If you were to live in Wingfield Springs, okay, East, East Sparks, in Reno, and your destination was Carson City, and Reno was Samaria, right? If you wanted to go from East Sparks to Carson City, you're going to have to go through Reno, right? But back in Jesus' day, they hated Samaria. So if they wanted to go to Carson City, they would start East Sparks, and they would walk all the way around the city limits so they wouldn't step in Samaria and then circle back around and end up in Carson City that way. They would completely avoid Samaria altogether. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine driving towards like past Verdi? Okay. You go, picture going from East Sparks to Fernley, Fernley to Carson. Kind of, what meaneth that parable unto me? That doesn't make any sense. Just go straight through. That's how bad they, they, they felt about Samaria. Please listen. But Jesus finds himself in this situation. Where this is what he says, I feel the need in my heart not to go around Samaria today. I'm going right through Samaria. 
I'm going right to it. And he's walking through this desolate area. And he's thirsty. He's tired. He's had a long day. And he says, I'm going to sit at the well right here because I'm thirsty. And I want you disciples to go get me some food. They, he didn't ask for it. They said he's got to be hungry. Let's go get him some food. So he sits at this well. And this lady walks up to the well. Now, this is what you have to understand. Jews did not interact with Samaritans at all. They did not talk to each other at all. And this woman walks up to the well, and she's there in the, in the middle of the day, which normally is not customary, that she should be there earlier in the day, but she's there in the high noon of the day, which is an indication that brings up another question. Most Bible scholars believe because she had been married or with five different men that she had a vibe on her, right? Whatever her vibe was, that she was a little ashamed and a little guilty of her lifestyle and she didn't want to make that public so she would come when she knew that nobody would be at the well so she wouldn't have to explain her life to people who were nosy. Right, hear what I'm saying to you. And so that's where she finds herself, at the well. And Jesus walks up to her and says, hey, can you give me some water? And she's like, why are you talking to me? Because Samaritans don't talk to Jews, and Jews don't talk to Samaritans. Why are you talking to me? And Jesus leads her on this journey, watch, leads her on this journey of saying to her that if you really want water, that I can give you water that you will never thirst of again. In other words, I want water from this well, but the water I want to give to you, lady, is going to change your life forever, and you will never be thirsty for anything in your entire life from this day forward. And then she says, and then they begin to have a conversation about her life. And Jesus says, where's your husband? Ask ask him a question. And then she kind of dances around the, the, the issue a little bit. And Jesus says, well, he's... You've had like five. And she's like, what? That's what she said. That, read it. That's what she said. She said, what? Read it. It's in there. Okay? If you read it out of the passage translation, that's what she said. <laughs> oh, y'all pray for your pastor. He's, you know. And so she's like, you know, what? And then Jesus is like, yeah, that's right. You've had like five. He said, well, how do you know? And then he goes into all that stuff, and she begins to partake of who Jesus is. And guess what happens? The disciples come up, and she's not thirsty anymore. She's not thirsty anymore. And they're like, why are you talking to her? And she experiences life change, and guess what's the first thing she does? She goes into her village. She goes into her village, and she begins to announce to her entire village who Jesus is and he is the Messiah and how he can change their whole life. That whole story is that whole three points. Jesus saw her and he reached to her and restored hope in her heart so she could go and bless other people. Listen to me. Jesus restored 
reached out to her, gave hope back inside of her heart so she could be a blessing to other people. Reach, restore, reproduce. And you know what's crazy about this? Is that when you become a person of faith, you have Jesus in your heart, you have to realize this, that the mission of Jesus is your mission. As a matter of fact, in biblical days, right? Right? That's how they saw their faith. They saw their faith as an invitation to commitment. They saw their faith as an invitation to doing something in their life and in their heart. They saw it as an invitation of commitment. It wasn't, I'm going to have Jesus in my heart, and then I'm just going to wait until I go to heaven, and I'm going to sit in the church building. They saw it as an invitation to reach other people, to restore other people, and to reproduce the blessing that you got blessed with. It was a mission. You glad you came today? It was a mission. That's how they treated it. This year, that's us. This year, that's us. I said, this year, that's us. Because we're going to reach some people this year. And we're going to bring hope back to some people this year. And we're going to reproduce a blessing that was given to you. You're going to give it to somebody else. You know why? Because that's our job. I said, that's our job. Our job is not to sit in a building, although you need to be here because you need some love. Okay? Our job is not to just sit in this building week by week and get pregnant with truth and do nothing with it. It's not, to just, it's not just so you can know more information or who the Antichrist is or whatever the case may be. I don't know who the Antichrist is. He's probably having Cheerios somewhere in Europe or something. I don't know where he's at. My God, I don't really care. You know what I care about? I care for people who don't know who Jesus is because they need to be reached. And I care about the people who are broken by life because they need to be restored. And I care about Christians who have enough in them to reproduce a blessing that they have, give it to somebody else so they can change the world one life at a time. That's what I care about. That's what I care about. I've been speaking for 29 minutes. Can you give me two more? It's a vision Sunday. Let me give you some things we're going to do. Go past John for me, please, Joe. Thank you. You're doing a great job. Here's my challenge to you. Okay? Here's what I'd like to see us do this year. I want you to reach beyond yourself. To someone who need, who's in need of God. Restore hope in people. In the world. And reproduce the blessing that you have into somebody else. You know what I'm asking you to do? I'm asking you to touch somebody's life this year. Where it becomes visible life transformation. Not that you just talk to them. Not you just, you know, whatever the case be. I want you to take what God has given to you. And give that to somebody else, please. Online, bring them to our online community, to our online campus. Invite them. Start a watch party in your city. Start a watch party on Sunday mornings. Grow what you have. Don't sit in front of your TV every Sunday and look at me. Start something. That's my challenge to you online. Build something in your own, church, in your own home. 
If you're out of state, build something in your own home. Be part of a watch party that you can build in your own home. How many know somebody that needs some help in their life here today? Nobody? My hand is up, man, for real. My hand is straight up like all over the place. My hand is up. Okay? You know why? Because we need to reach beyond. You know what I'm asking you to do? I'm going to ask you to fill this building with me this year. I'm going to ask you to fill every single chair that is in this building this year with me. Let's reproduce it. How many of you believe that we can fill this building this year? If you, listen, if, you, if every person in this room got somebody and, and won them to Jesus, to won them in their faith, help them become a Christian, do you know this building? We would double like that. And if, every, and if we taught them to do it, we would multiply. And if we taught them to do it, we would multiply. And somehow, some way, our mission became about not doing that. Somehow, some way, it got lost. And I'm asking us as a church to rediscover that. I know we went through a funky funk time during COVID, but that funky funk time is over. Let's don't say that too many times. I'm saying to you, let's 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 get past all of that and really push into the purpose of God this year so we can see God's purpose live inside of us. So we can be a church that just isn't blessed because we are blessed, but we have to be a blessing. That's who we are. That's who we are. First thing we need to do. Second thing we need to do this year. Just stay with me. I'm almost done. We need to build the next generation in this church. We need to. We need to. This last week, we had... um, How do I want to say this to you? We were able to help this week... 50 foster kids from Victory City Church. We helped 50 foster children this week. How did we help them? We gave them all starter kits because these people came to us and said, we have, we're overwhelmed with this need. Can you please help me? So I said, yes, I will help you. From our church, we gave them enough money to have starter kits for 50 children who are being integrated into the foster care system in Washoe County. We have no soap, no shoes, no nothing. They have nothing, nothing. And they're being integrated into families that they don't know. That can be scary in itself, very difficult. That could be scary. And I'm like, I'm not going to let some kid do that. So we give them the money from our church to help them do that. How many know that's a great cause? How many know that's a great cause? We give them the money to do that. Okay? She picks up the phone and she says, can you do me another favor? She's like, what do you need? She's like, I got all these young kids and I need, and I want to bring them to your church. And I'm like, you got youth? She says, yes, I got all these youth and I want to bring them to your church. I'm like, God, I'm like, Lord. I, I said, Lord, we need to build our kids' church. We need to build our youth. We, we, God, if we don't have a youth pastor, God, send us a youth pastor. God, if we have, God, we have to build this next generation. We, we don't have the luxury of imparting who we are into our next generation. God forbid that the move of God dies because of us there in this room. That would break God's heart. Because we could, we don't have the ability or the want to or the desire to help somebody that is a child coming up in this generation who was facing things that you and I never had to face in our life. 
I know this might not be popular. I know YouTube might take me down. I know somebody might say something, but I was talking to a friend of mine who, who is a friend of mine that is a friend of mine, and we were talking to each other, right? And he says, well, my wife is a school teacher in Washoe County, and she says that some of the things that's happening in, in the school is that these kids are struggling so much with their identity that in front of their parents, they dress one way. But in their backpack, they bring a different change of clothes. And when they get to school, they change out of their parents' clothes that their parents gave them, and they dress in, their, in the gender that they're choosing to be, or they're confused genderly because they don't know who they are anymore. So they wear two sets of clothes, at, one set of clothes at home, another set of clothes at school, because at home they're one person, and at school and in public they're another person. And I'm listening to him tell me this. He says, Chris, this is not secondhand information. This is what my wife's telling me. She's in the school system every single day. And when I hear that, and I hear about these kids, our own kids, that have nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Nowhere. Like, we have to, as a church, find it. It's our job to find it within ourselves, to help the kids in our own church and help the kids in our community that are being so pushed down by culture and redefined. It's our job to preserve that. It's our job. My prayer is that you would, A, help me build that this year, or B, at least help me pray that God would send us somebody that would say, I will be trained to help youth. I will be trained to help children. I will do that. Where are they? Where are they? Say, Pastor, I'm so tired of my own kids, I don't even know if I can help anybody else's kids. That's the best amen I got out of you all day. <laughs> ain't lifting your hands at any other time. You're like, I'm tired of my own kids. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we have to have it this year. We have to. We have to have it. I know I'm taking longer than usual today, but it's a vision Sunday. I'll make it up to you in 24. Look at, here you go. <laughs> This is the last one and I'm done. We need to increase our outreach this year. I, I, think that, I think that everybody in this church should participate in outreach this year. I'm serious. I think everybody should participate in helping people this year. And we're going to kind of embellish this a little bit. Okay? But I think that you should be involved in at least one outreach this year. I think it really, really takes focus off of you. It does. You went to the Thanksgiving outreach? Pretty cool, huh? Pretty amazing, right? I think you should do it. I do. It's good for you. Okay? And one of the things we want to do this year is we want to grow our partnerships this year. We don't have to always reinvent the wheel because people already have the wheel moving. Sometimes we just need to jump on and lend strength to what's already moving in the community. But we have, well, listen, we, we have to be in the community. Here's my last thought. Watch this. Watch this. 
I talked about this last week, but I didn't do it, give it justice. Put this up there, this last thought, Joe. You can't thrive on consumption. You can only thrive on, on contribution. Your life does not thrive on consumption. Your life only thrives on contribution. You were made that way. I'm sorry. God made you that way. When you don't contribute, you're not living at your ultimate height. The best version of you. So things we're going to do this year, and that's not all of them. I just don't have enough time to lay it all out. The things that we're going to do this year is we want to, we want to build a great, great youth and children's area this year. We have to. We need more teachers. And if they're not in this building, we need to pray them in. We need people that have a heart for young people, youth, that would be like, you know, I'm going to help, I'm going to help 12, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids find purpose in their life. I'm going to help them. I'm not asking God. I'm asking God, God, bring it to me. That we would this year, that we would, that we would be people that would really, really contribute to all that God is doing in us and through us. This is what we need to be this year. We need to be a blessing. We need to be a blessing. Are you glad you came today? Yeah. Wow. I want you to really just, I know, Angela, you have a really heart for you. I want you to pray with Pastor Didi and I that God would do something in this area. I want our church to pray that God would do something this year for young people. I want to see them. I personally believe, watch, I personally believe, you know, I love our church, but I would like to see nanos and I love I love it when the young people come in. Don't you love it? It brings energy, Kaylee, and I love it when Sam and Toby, I, I, I like it, Jamie. I love, you know, I love having people my age here as well, right? My sister's age. Right, Craig, we've been in this a long time, Craig. We've been in this a long time. This is what Dr. Summerall used to say, and I don't know if it rings true, but I thought it was quite comical. He said, Pastor Vigil, you need two types of people in your church. You need the old and the young. I said, okay, Dr. Summerall, and not, don't, don't make me have time to explain who you is, right? You just said yes every time he said something, okay? I'm like, yes, Dr. Summerall, you need two types of people in the room. You need to have old people or in your church. You need to have old people, you need to have young people. Yes, Dr. Summerall. I said, um, why? Well, well, Pastor Vigil, you need the old people to pay for it. You need the young people to do the work. <laughs> I thought, I thought well, well, that, well that, now that makes sense. <laughs> oh. I love you, Victory City Church. Thank you for being with Pastor Didi and I through 22. Let's build a great church in 23. We already have one. Let's continue to build a great church together. We love you. We do. We love you. We love, I, I have so much faith for this, next, for this next year. I do. Let's see God do something with all of us. Let's love God. Let's, let's love each other. Let's love people that walk in these doors. Let's, let's, let's bring, bring people in. Win somebody. Start now. Start now. Start praying, fasting. Let's get your spirituality in, in, just in a, in a whole other level this year. Let's really just press in this year. And if you'll do it this year, I promise you your life will look different. Your life will look different. Your life will look different.
Thank you for being here today. Willie's going to come. He's going to give us a couple closing remarks. And um, be here next Sunday. Bring somebody with you. We're going to start a brand new series on eternity. It's going to be really cool. Okay? God bless you. I love you with all my heart. Willie? Come on, guys. Just give it up to Pastor Chris. Just a couple of announcements. Um, wasn't that word great? Um, in the book of Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, yes. As a matter of fact, online we're going to release you to your campus leader. I want you to stand with me. I feel the need to pray. I'm just We're going to pray together before we give announcements and do all that other kind of stuff. Okay? I want you to take your hands and put it over your heart. God, change every heart that is in this room. God, bring a move of your spirit in this church. God, bring a move of your spirit in this church. Bring the demonstration of who you are, Holy Spirit, in this church. Bring freedom. Bring people. Let there come a drawing anointing on this church. Let there come purpose in a deeper way and a realization of it. Let there come so much unity in this church, God. That we're not just unified in heart, but we're unified in purpose, moving together as a body to do something great in, in, in this community for people, God. God, I pray that you would, we call forth people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. People from different parts of, of the nation, from the world to come and help us be part of what we're doing. Let the people that are already existing in this building, God, just find refreshed purpose and all that you're doing innocent through us today, God. God, I thank you today, Lord. Refresh purpose. Renew our hearts today, Jesus. We say, here we are, God. Use us. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Now just lift your hand. If you're a hand lifter, lift your hands up. And just that purpose be reestablishing your own hearts. God, we love you. And I thank you, God. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, God, that this will be a great year for this church and the people that are in it. Let change come. Let change come. Let purpose live. Let distractions fall. We give you honor and we give you praise.